Just said, hey, we're going to let Kylan dip his toe in the water. We're just going to throw him at the deep end. Uh, this is Kylan Doubles, and again, we're uh, again honored to work together at, uh, at the work of the church since Kylan was a student at Indiana Wesleyan, uh, started as an intern, and then has now been with us at First Congo, working full-time with the youth and that kind of thing for eight years. Now, if you know anything about youth pastors, eight years in a youth pastor role, in dog years, he's like 65. <laughs> You know, because I mean, that's forever. He's now worked through two cycles of youth and uh, now in it again, started again this year again with another group of middle schoolers, really, that uh, they graduate. So uh, you'll get to hear from Kylan in just a minute. So just our notes today, just for those of you who were with us uh, last week, I mean, the idea was just this idea of passing the baton one generation to the next. And what God has called us to do and to be as men, as men who, number one, have a heart for the things of God, and number two, that we have such a heart for the things of God that people who are around us are inspired to say, man, I want to walk with God because I see that man walking with God. How many of you were influenced and have been influenced hugely in your spiritual journey by another man? Look around, guys. Okay? I'm not saying that women are not powerful influences in our lives. Every one of us hopefully have a, a, a mother or a wife who really influences, right? Uh, John Wesley's mother said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. So we all understand that, that women are a powerful influence in our life. But I don't know about you, but men need men. And God understands that. Men need men to motivate, to inspire, to encourage us. Unfortunately, we let the world denigrate that man into making it so much about competition in our lives that we, from a really small age, get so competitive towards one another that we can't grow in terms of help celebrate one another's growth and development. And as a result, I think it spirals us into that. It happens in our workplaces. It happens at home. It happens in the locker room. It happens in the restroom. I think you know what I'm saying. We're all measuring all the time against another man. Don't think you guys haven't done that. I understand. But that's the reality. From a spiritual standpoint, we've got to say, hey, man, what is it that's going to help me grow as a man? And you, need, you and I need transformation. Don't you agree? I need to be transformed every day by the power of the living God. At, at the age of 19, 18, I came to know Christ as my personal Savior while I was a freshman in college. Really got a full dose of what it meant to know Jesus Christ. And for that last 40 years, I've been trying to walk with Him diligently. But I needed other godly men who were, more old, who were older than me, who are my peers, and who I've been, I had a chance to invest in. And that's where we want to focus our attention today. So really, this is really just about the command that's there in front of us. Titus chapter 2, Paul said this, As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. In other words, apply the Word of God to your life. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. 
So it says there, the call for each man is to live as a transformed man for the good of another man. And this is a command. And we get into Psalm 78. I'm going to read that as well. It says, He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. And when you look at that passage, you see a pattern. Right? We're called to teach children so they can teach their children, so they can teach their children, so they can teach their children. But it's not just teaching about God. It's the hope of teaching them about God will actually bring them to this, bring each generation to this hope that they can set their hope in Jesus. As we see in Scripture where it says even the demons know who Jesus is, but their hope is not in Him. And so teaching them just about Jesus really isn't enough. We have to teach them and then help them learn that they can really truly put their hope in Jesus. So what kind of I want to do in this few minutes together, and hopefully it will generate some discussion of this, is really talk about what is it that makes passing the baton difficult in business or in your personal life or in your own home, right? And those of you who have daughters, right, and you've handed the baton to another man, which I told a young man who just got engaged to my daughter, listen, I love you, and you are now beginning to be in the circle, okay? But I'm confident you can't love my daughter as much as I do. However, I'm going to do my best to hand the baton to him and to help him succeed. Right? The greatest thing I can do for my daughters is love the men that they love. Right? We'll expand that into beyond just our daughters. Our, our sisters in Christ need godly men to find. We, those of you who have sons and grandsons, we've got to raise up godly men who have a heart for the things of God who want to seek the Lord. So really, we just want to ask a couple of questions to each other and, and ask these questions in such a way that maybe get you guys thinking about uh, your, in your own experience and hopefully create a good table discussion. And that's what I believe the power of huddle is. Great table discussions encourage one another. The knowledge to be the kind of men that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit is in this room to be God's kind of men. Amen? Do you believe me? Okay. It's here, right? So if you're in search of that and you're saying, man, I need a stronger direction in my life. I need some support. I need some encouragement. Huddle's a great place to start. So we're just going to ask a couple questions. And when, it's, when I'm talking about handing the baton, I'm talking about the whole of life, whether it's lessons practical on life or business or handing the baton in terms of your spiritual influence in your life. That's what we're talking about when we say, hey, we're passing the baton. So, Kylan, I'm going to just ask you uh, this question. First of all, from, from a younger man, 30 years my junior, okay, what makes the baton pass to you easier when, I, when we talk about that? I'm going to start with a, a passage in Numbers 8 where the Levites are receiving instruction on how they're supposed to run the temple, and they're given specific instructions and specific expectations and within this specific set of instructions and expectations, they give a year model of actually how to pass the baton. And so it's talking about how to retire from a ministry, but it also starts with the training and what they're supposed to do, and then it gets to the retirement. So the, for the first 25 years, they are to be trained. These, the Levites are supposed to be trained. They're supposed to be brought up in the traditions of the temple on how to operate and how to run and do all of the things that are necessary within the temple. And then from the year 25 to 50, they're called to serve within the temple. And that is their job. That's what they're supposed to do. But then when they reach age 50, they're supposed to withdraw from the ministry. They're supposed to withdraw from 
excuse me, this was withdrawal from the work of the temple. But it says that they are still supposed to minister to their brothers who are still serving within the temple. And they're supposed to minister to these brothers by keeping guard. And so when you ask the question, what makes the baton pass easier? I think we can look at this passage as a good way to learn from the example that was set for us within this, the temple and the Levites and their job. And so when I am receiving a baton, um, it's not the expect, or what makes it easier is not the expectation that I have to go and do this alone. It's the expectation is I am taking this baton, but I also have people around me that are more seasoned, that have more experience, that have more knowledge, that can work alongside me while I am still carrying this baton. And I think part of that is understanding that I have the freedom to try new things. I have the freedom to experiment. I have the freedom to put myself out there, put my ideas out there, and see what God's going to do with them. There's this, unfortunately, sometimes there's the expectation where if you take the baton and you fail, that the person that passed you the baton is not going to be there because they no longer have the baton. It's, it's your thing. It's your deal. But what I've had the experience of, of seeing and, and learning from John is as he's been working alongside me and I've been working under him, I've had this freedom to experiment. I've had this freedom to try new things. I've had this freedom to, to know that regardless of whatever I try succeeds or if it fails, John's going to have my back. I know that... In those instances where there's success, that we can celebrate those, and he's with me, he's got my back. But also in the times of failure, it's not a moment of, hey, I told you you shouldn't have done this. It's not a moment of, well, I warned you that this was going to happen. Instead, it's, it's opportunities where he comes alongside me and says, hey, how, how much about this aspect of it did you think through? Or if you were to do something like this again, how would you do it differently? And even those failures, because of his leadership and passing of the baton, there are moments of learning. There are moments where it's not just a failure. It's a time for a success in the sense of learning something new. That's awesome. Thanks, God. I mean, it, it is really that uh, for us, those of us who are handing the baton, it's easy to have in your head, I tried that years ago and it didn't work. Right? We've all, and, and we've seen that. Or we've tried something and it did work, but it ran out of gas. Right? We've all had that idea. So I think it's really important from what I've learned and am learning is to be able to say, hey, I'm going to support you. And it might work for you because God might have gifted you in a different way that's better than what He gave me. Just like David, the passage we looked at last week, David could only go so far in building the temple, he had to hand it to Solomon. And in fact, God said, you're not going to build the temple and your son is. Generational transfer is about you run your lap as hard as you can with your skill set and get ready to look for the person who's probably better, faster, smarter than you are. And that's tough for our egos, isn't it, right? Anybody with me? That's tough. And, that, and that's, but again, I, I can tell you as you do that, man, you're really excited to, to, to do that. So, Kylan, on, the, on that subject, what makes it tough, right? So again, everything's not roses and rainbows. I understand that. So it, I live with me. So again, what makes it tough? The, the toughest part is not knowing what the expectation might be. And so what I mean by that is, is, is the person who is handing the baton may have a certain expectation that a certain thing needs to be done a certain way because it's always been done that way and it's worked in the past. Things are changing. 
The world is changing around us, and we need to be able to adapt. And I'm not talking about changing or misinterpreting what Scripture says. I'm not talking about lessening our morals or anything like that. But the package in which we deliver some things might need to change, or the setting in which events may take place might need to change. And the hardest part is the relationship between the baton passing is the, from their point, it's, it's worked this way, it's been done this way, it needs to stay this way. Yeah. When we have our own ideas, and it's hard to take ownership over something that isn't our own idea. And so being able to have the flexibility to adapt certain things to make it work in a current culture where we're trying to reach a younger generation, it's gonna look a little bit differently than it did years before. Right. And I think that's really important because, once again, we fall in love with our forms, right? And there's a tendency to baptize the form and miss the function. You with me? We've got to keep the function of what we're doing to help people to grow in their faith and not baptize the form and say, okay, it's got to be in that way. And I think that's really important. And so, I mean, through Cotton and our conversations, recognize that he's a different person than I am. Right? He comes at life differently than I do. And again, you have to talk through those things, recognizing those strengths and, and weaknesses, and to build those together in such a way to, to, to begin to say, hey, this is what that looks like. All right? Yeah, so there are a few of us that are in this younger generation that are here. So for you, John, what makes it easier for you to be able to pass us the baton? I think one of, for me, it's just knowing that he's going to take it. <laughs> There's that feeling of, hey, years ago, those of you older men will know that Dickie and Tommy Smothers, remember those guys, right? Dickie and Tommy Smothers would be playing along, and one guy would say, hey, take it, Tommy, and Tommy wouldn't take it. Finally, he say, hey, Tommy, take it. And I think that's one of the challenges for me. There's this whole sense of, hey, and when I'm handing whatever it is, are you going to take it? And then leaving room for, though, hey, you can take it and change it. You can take it and change it. But take the essence of the, of the function of what we're trying to accomplish to move a group of people forward or move an organization forward or whatever the thing you're is that you're chasing, right? And then and that allow you to do that. So I think to me, what makes it easier is that when Kylan says, and I love it when he tells me this, two things. Number one, hey, John, I got it. Then I can say, okay, man, I got it. And I'm going to support you. Once he says, I got it, I'm good. <laughs> and the second thing is, hey, what, what else can I do to help support you? Right Now, I've tried to model that for him, but the greatest day for me, when he came and said to me, hey, John, what can I do to support you? I heard back what I'd, I'd handed, and I've seen him do it then with others, and I've seen him then do it with our youth. right? And then I knew, I'm good. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But, so that's some of the stuff that makes it easier. But what makes it really, really difficult? I think the thing for me that makes it difficult is more personal than it is to do with Kyla. And that is the sense between you and the Lord to say, okay, now God, if I hand this, what are you going to do with me? What's next? Hey, for those of you who've lived through already the retirement piece and are continuing to work through, God, what's next? Right? You can't be like my grandfather said, just walking around trying to save funeral expenses. <laughs> Think about that for a little bit. It'll, it'll sit on you. Okay? If you're breathing, guys, God's got a purpose for your life. 
And I don't know what God has next for me. I'm not setting it down completely at Congo. Kylan's made it clear he's not ready for that. But what I'm continuing to do is to help him grow for whatever God has next for him. I'm not obligating him to the next generation. What I am encouraging him is to walk with the Lord in such a way that he can do whatever God calls him to do. And if that's at Congo, so be it. And if that's not, and God launches into the next thing, God will provide. God's church is His church. And it's not contingent on me or Kylan or anybody else other than the men who say, hey, I'm going to seek the Lord. So I think the hard thing for me is, is make, making sure that that baton pass is good and strong, and, and, but then recognizing that God's got something for you. And you and I need to get in the closet with the Lord and say, okay, God, I commit myself again to you today. You show me the way, and I'll do it. Right? Don't say, God, God, you, you show it to me, and then I'll do it. God doesn't work that way. You got hand God a blank piece of paper with your name at the bottom. A blank check already signed and says, God, I've already signed it and I'm committed to follow your way. If you reveal it to me, I'll do it. Amen. And what I've found in my life is that God will show you the next thing. Whatever is next. If you're breathing, if there's life in you, God's got something for you. And that's where we just want to leave you with this discussion, guys. I think one of the things that God has for us is this reminder that am I intentionally investing? We're going to leave you with these two questions. And I'm going to cover this first one, and Kyle, I'm going to have you cover this second one. But am I intentionally investing in the generational baton pass? Right? Am I really there? Are you committed to say, I get it, I understand it, and I need a better strategy in the life that God has put me in, the people He's put in my influence I need a better view of who God is calling me to entrust and invest my life into. And that second question, am I giving and receiving iron on iron, iron on iron in older and younger relationships? It takes two in every relationship. And so whether you are the one that is receiving the baton or you're passing the baton, regardless of which place you are in that relationship, you have to be open to some accountability. You have to be open to being held to a really high standard than the standard that God has called us to. And so as you are looking around the realm of, of wherever you are, whether it's a workplace, whether it's a home life, whether it's just your family or your friends, I think we all need to be open to maybe new relationships. It's really easy for, I know for me especially, to gravitate towards people that are more my age and to a little bit more out of my comfort zone to look for someone that is older to say, hey, I am looking for some mentorship. I am looking for some accountability. I need this if I'm going to continue to, to grow and be the man that God has called me to be. And so just to be open and willing to put ourselves out there to be uh, vulnerable, as tough as that may be. Let's close this out and pray. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for meeting us here on a Wednesday afternoon. I uh, thank you for this group of men. And Lord, I just pray that um, as this table discussion begins, that you are challenging all of us and convicting all of us. That we're, uh, you're putting people on our minds, whether they are older or they are younger, they're spirit, more spiritually mature or they're less spiritually mature. Or that you are putting people in our minds that we can, in a sense, pass the baton to or receive the baton from. And Lord, for many of us, we might be getting a baton at the same time that we are passing the baton. Lord, prepare us for instances and allow us to be open. Allow us to um, step out of our comfort zone to be able to pour into the next generation or receive from the previous generation. 
So Lord, we just praise you for the work that you're doing in the lives of Kokomo, or the people of Kokomo, and the lives of the men in this room. And Lord, we praise you for the work that you're going to continue to do through battle. Uh, Lord, we praise you, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.